Here we go. The Earth Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Fox Podcast. With 404. Missing link. Yeah, he's a great man, by the way. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And visit us at vox404.com. Enjoy the show. Do you ever have times in your life where you find yourself thinking, I hope I don't see anyone that I have to be nice to? yeah definitely man (laughs) oh off to a great start (laughs) i had i had one of those days it doesn't happen to me very often because i i always try to be nice to everyone except my wife but i found myself last week after the show thinking that very thing god i hope i don't see somebody that I have to be nice to because I was just, it's, it's like, it's gotta be like an exhaustion thing, right? Like you're just, you're out of energy. You're, and this is on Wednesday for me, by the way, it's like, I haven't even gotten through the entire week. Wow. You're halfway, bro. I'm halfway there. And it was probably three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm just going about my day and I'm, I'm in these, Areas of my routine where, you know, people pop up and I was just thinking, uh, it's going to be like, I'm out of, I'm out of energy. I'm out of patience, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And I just don't know because I mean, I like, I have an attitude. I can be abrasive and aggressive and and really blunt like and, and i'm very self-conscious about it i think oh no like i was i too curt with this person do they feel blown off was i was i unintentionally rude to these people because i mean you could ask anyone that i work with my in my day-to-day and they'll say that i can be bristly and you know an asshole from time to time. 90% of the time, it's on accident. And a lot of times, it's because I'm distracted, not thinking about, about how I come across. It, it's especially obvious when uh, I'm deep in thought about something else. Mm. And then something like, like my wife and I will try to... Uh, work on projects together. Like we, we tried to paint our house a few years ago. Like now nah, we're not going to pay somebody to do it. We got the paint, really nice paint, spent way too much money on it. And spent, I mean, who knows, who knows how much time it felt like an eternity. And, and by the end of it, we were all, we were both grateful that we didn't get a divorce and we agreed never again. Are we going to try to paint this house? But I've realized since then, when I'm working on something, especially like any big project around the house, anything like where, when I need assistance, you know, another set of hands, Hey, grab the end of this, help me move it in here. Like I'm very uh, business oriented. I'm not, uh, I'm not thinking about other people's feelings at Mm. all. 
I'm I thinking like that a lot. I, I'm thinking about accomplishing this task, like laser focus. It's probably like some ADHD symptoms. <laughs> and and I don't like I I work closely with people for about 15 seconds at a time. You know, I I drive a truck, so the the people that I see, it's bing bang boom interaction over see you later and i'm on down the road now i went i was in a business earlier this week and i saw a sign near, posted near the bathroom like for the employees it said make sure our customers always feel safe and i thought hmm that's a nice sentiment and then i thought wait a minute how does that work if my employer told me, make sure our customers always feel safe, I would, I mean, I would honestly, and, and I am just contemplating the concept. How does one make sure someone else feels safe beyond, I mean, the, to the point where you put it on a sign for your employees saying, make sure our, all of our customers always feel safe. Couldn't, couldn't anything like you could come and run across a nut job that is just that never feels safe. I mean, they have those people. They, they exist. Um, you got my pronouns wrong, so I don't feel safe. How? Where? Where does my responsibility come in to that equation? Like what enters your mind when when you think don't brandish a weapon? Don't. Don't yell and scream and thrash about belligerently. I mean, these are all like basic concepts of uh, like functioning within a society, right? Yeah, you would have thought so. Um, you know, it's like, How I do would... think some, I don't know. It's, it sort of reminds me of school when they were remind you to like wash your hands or something before leaving the bathroom it's like oh make sure you don't intimidate the customers <laughs> and how i mean how do you do like a customer walks in you hand him a helmet go there you go do you feel safe now i mean that <laughs> just yeah. that if somebody said and i generally feel pretty safe you know i work out i'm a strapping young lad i don't feel I don't feel unsafe, although my wife and I took a little trip uh, for New Year's Eve, went into the big city, and wow. I, I actually stopped at a sporting goods store on the way down there to buy myself a knife, because I, I mean, uh, what I really wanted was a tactical baton. Ooh. You, know what, you know what those are? The telescoping... Yeah. They, they yeah, fold yeah, up yeah. into, they're like about the size of a flashlight, maybe. I mean, not as big around, but like the length of a, of a flashlight, you know, something you'd keep in the drawer for when the power goes out. But it collapses and extends out to, you know, two feet, two, three feet long, metal strong, you know, for beating, for beating the homeless guy that's trying to mug you. You know, like that's, that's what I envision. Like I, I want a tactical baton. So somebody tries to start shit, I can beat him down. Well, they're kind of hard to find. And I'm very apprehensive about buying one online. There were ads on YouTube I saw for a long time. I think probably because, you know, YouTube is spying on me. And I had searched tactical batons 
in oh, you know, there you go. Google before to to find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so you see these ones that are obviously made in China, obviously with uh, less than accurate, probably videos and and depictions of their use. And also, it was huge. Like the thing itself was probably a foot long. And I thought, no, this that's that's not gonna be. So I stopped in to a shop along the way, picked up a knife, didn't have to use it, and, but now I carry it everywhere. And it, that was, I was kind of set on this path specifically because uh, I heard a guy talking about being in physical confrontations. And this was like an MMA guy. And he would say, it's, it doesn't matter how good of a fighter you think you are and it doesn't matter how good your opponent might be with a blade if your opponent has a knife run if if you don't have any way to protect your if you mean if, if you don't have uh you know stab armor on and you know you're essentially weaponless do not try to go up against another person with a knife because you're going to get no. stabbed. Even, even if you can disarm the guy and knock his head against the pavement a few times, you're going to get stabbed and then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, for sure. And don't, you know, there's those guys on YouTube, they're like, grab my hand, you know. <laughs> the other hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gra- grab my arm. Watch this. It's like, don't listen to Steven Seagal, okay? And, uh, so it's you know, simple, his- right? When the guy walks up to you, you just say, grab my arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grab my arm. Watch this. Oh, man. That yeah, reminds God. me of, of Napoleon Dynamite. Rex Quando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so true, though. And no, I, I know. I think, I think there's a lot of people. I think actually there's a lot of people that have never been in a real situation that give a lot of advice. On like what to do in that situation, and I don't know. I've never been in a situation like that, but like my advice would be just to run. <laughs> like, well, knives in the UK are like guns in the United States, pretty much. Even though, weirdly enough, you guys have more knife crime than we do, right? But our population is ten times. What? What uh, is? It's, it's true. It's actually it's actually greater per capita than the UK, which is embarrassing but uh well embarrassing depending on you know unless you're a fan of knife crime that's true unless yeah unless you just love knife crime a lot then it's you know wow that's awesome so what i think it's what kind of what kind of uh restrictions are there on on carrying blades i mean since you know like all the legislation in the states is about guns you know can't you can carry a gun. You can't carry a gun. You can carry one here, but not over there. It's it's all focused around carrying pistols, basically. I oh, imagine right. okay. in the UK, it's the same, only for knives. Like, ah, you can carry one that's this long, but not this long. I mean, what's it? What's it like? Yeah, I think you're not allowed to carry a knife over six inches long, or a knife that is specifically designed to be concealed or used as a weapon so that includes stuff like swords daggers uh, switch blades um, butterfly knives and any other knife above 
six inches, that's your machetes, that's your katanas, that's all that sort of stuff. <laughs> the, so, the, so, the so-called, what they're calling now the zombie knives, which are those like sort of like the Walking Dead style knives that you see in those TV shows and people buy them on Amazon or something like that. But you, it's perfectly legal though to carry something like a Swiss Army knife or uh, some kind of utility knife as well as um, cooking knives as well. Some cooking knives are fine to have on your person for, for obvious use. Obviously, any knife then subsequently used in some kind of brandishing matter is a completely different story. But if you but fashioned, not... if you fashioned a, a, a scabbard of sorts to carry a butcher knife around with you, that, that wouldn't be allowed, even though it's technically a cooking knife. Right. Yeah, even though, yeah, 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 right, right. You know, if it's like anything, if you think about like in a court of law, how are they going to view that? I think that should automatically tell you whether did, that's going to be. Did you see right the video? I, I think it was in, uh, I think it was in the UK, maybe not UK, but Europe, where the woman and her daughter are, I mean, the, the, the clip starts where the, the woman and her daughter are, are interacting with, you know, an, an African guy on the street. And it, it looks so okay at first. And then they turn and walk back into their flat. And the African guy follows them in like very, very stealthily. Like y- you can immediately tell from the body language that this is not like something bad's going to happen. Oh, shit. And right as they close the, their door, the guy runs up and puts his foot in the crack so they can't close it all the way. And this is, all, this is a clip from like a ring doorbell camera. So he blocks the door from closing, forces his way inside. And suddenly you're just, I mean, it's actually really well presented because you're immediately on edge, you know, clenching your teeth like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Generally, I scroll right by these sort of videos. But in this case, you see, he, he then drags both women back out. I mean, this, and this is a, a woman and her little girl, you know, that's probably 10 years old. Grabs them, pulls them out of the flat onto the sidewalk, uh, knocks the woman down, and then grabs the little girl and starts to walk off down the sidewalk. Then at some point thinks better of it and lets the little girl go and fucks off on his merry way. And it's these kind of videos wow. that make me think, yeah, I mean, so uh, of course, crisis averted. Thank God. And I, I always see, and I get so frustrated there's never a good Samaritan that comes over in these videos to, you know, stop the assault. They, they're completely content to stand there with their phone and, and film, although that wasn't the case in this situation. It's these kind of things that make me think I need a knife. I need to carry protection. And... Carrying a pistol around with me just sounds in well, well, first of all, it's very stigmatized, right? Probably in the yeah. same way carrying a knife is, is stigmatized. I mean, you see a guy 
with a blade sticking out of his pocket. I mean, you know, and the, and the knife that I got, it's it's probably only a three inch blade, maybe, you know, foldable pocket knife. But if you see somebody carrying a knife around, what what's is, is there a stigma associated with it? You think, oh, that guy's I, looking for trouble. Definitely. I think even in a, the most deregulated country on earth i think that would be stigmatized because it's very human to see something like that you know whether it's a gun or any kind of self-defense or offensive weapon i think you have that thing in your mind like why do they have that not necessarily to say that they're going to use it in some way but even something like pepper spray you see someone someone having pepper spray and you're like why why do they have that um, and then people make that, make up their own mind. Um, I mean, just a, just a short note on pepper spray that is illegal here in the UK, okay. uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, weirdly, the avenues for self-defense here in the UK are very, very, very slim. Um, you have to literally be, be being attacked to attack back. And the force in which you're using against them has to be reasonable. And also you cannot use any I mean, you can technically use weapons, I guess. I mean, if you pick up a brick or you use something to protect yourself, that's, that's true. But things like pepper spray, weapons, that kind of stuff are completely illegal. So in the UK, if you're attacked, basically, you're on your own, um, which is always nice to know. Well, that's kind of the case in the United States now, in, in this era of society. People get attacked on the subway. Someone mm-hmm. intervenes, and it's almost like the the cultural narrative being spun by the Justice Department and the media is that if you try to defend yourself, you're going to be sorry because we're not going to prosecute the homeless guy. He doesn't have any money. He can't pay any fines, but we're pretty sure we can find something to charge you with so that we can extract more funds from the public to continue to not prosecute the criminals that actually need to be prosecuted. I mean, there was a whole slew of stories over the last few years about people that intervened, defended themselves, the criminal got hurt, and now the Good Samaritan the vigilante is sitting in prison or is, you know, in court being threatened with prison because in my opinion, the powers that be the media, some, some politicians probably, I wouldn't say that's the general sentiment among most of the people working in government and, and local law enforcement. I agree. I agree to that sentiment. But it's definitely pushed out by the media the same way, like with January 6th. Mm -hmm. If you protest against the regime, we're going to make your life miserable. And you can see that's been a very effective strategy because there have been no large protests against anything the Biden administration has done, even with things like uh, immigration. And, and I mean, I, I have to say, I'm really surprised and impressed that no crazy group of Texans has 
loaded up their pickup truck with their AR-15 collection to motor down yeah. to the border and make sure no more immigrants come in. It's It's been, I mean, the lack of interest in what's happening by the current administration has been so roundly ridiculed in conservative media, it's almost like they're hoping that they're going to incite some people to go down to the border and start just opening fire on a bunch of immigrants so that they can uh, meet their quota of domestic terrorism arrests for, for the year. Because, and this was one of the most outrageous things that was said by administration officials back in you know 2021 that uh, white supremacist domestic terrorism is the number one threat within the United States, which is a completely outrageous statement and and patently false. But now Texas yeah. wants the feds out of this this Eagle Pass section. Of Texas, I guess there's a, a a state park there. The National Guard and you know local law enforcement officials in Texas have kicked the feds out of the area because they were cutting down their razor wire and and cutting open their fences and creating avenues for illegal immigrants to enter the country. When these immigrants can just, I mean, and, and the, the position from the Biden administration is that, oh, these are poor, beleaguered asylees that just want a better life and they're trying to escape because they want to feel safe. They got to feel safe and we got to do everything in our power to make sure our customers feel safe. So the feds are removing border barriers to allow more immigrants to come into the country illegally. Law enforcement in Texas said, this stops now. Get out of here. You're, you're not allowed. And, and this, it's, it's, it, the conflict is jurisdictional. Texas says, this is our jurisdiction. This is state land. And unfortunately, the federal jurisdiction in this area happens to be a river. So the media rolls out with their propaganda pieces because the media also wants wide open borders, destabilization of the entire country. And the Fed sues the government of Texas. And the Supreme Court says, yeah, okay. It is, it is legal for you, federal you know, immigration officials, to remove the, the border barriers at your discretion because the border is federal jurisdiction. Well, Texas has ignored... I mean, th- Texas wasn't actually ordered to do anything. No, no. And so Texas said, well, we're going to put up more border. We're going to put up more razor wire. We're going to erect more barriers. And the federal government can pound sand. Now- yeah, well, the federal government fucked up a little bit because what they did is they just sued them for the existing razor wire 
yes, and the boys, and didn't open it wider to to have the power to remove any and all razor wire and boys that are put in. So legally, Greg can just put his shit back in the water or put his razor wire back on the border, and they would have to sue again. And this this is all sensational because, uh, allegedly. Some immigrants drowned in the river trying to get around this barrier, this razor wire in the water. And so the media rolls out this story that says the National Guard in Texas, which has been deployed by the governor to assist in in the migration crisis. The media reported that the Texas National Guard prevented the border patrol you know which is federal from assisting these poor drowning migrants in the river completely absurd and completely false but the media has no credibility anymore so why are we surprised yeah we shouldn't really be surprised i mean the one thing i will say is people probably aren't protesting or sending their support directly probably because they trust Greg Abbott and believe that he's probably got the situation handled for them. I'd imagine if Greg did nothing, there'd be a lot more public outcry. But they're probably thinking, okay, well, this, our governor's got it handled and he's trying to take the fight to the, to the Fed. So that's why they're probably sitting on the bench. Well, it's become obvious to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's, be, it's become evident that this is just all of this, all, all of these recent developments are purely for political gain. As you said, Abbott was getting roasted over the last three years, has been, for his complacency in what, with what has been going on at the southern border. Now it's an yeah. election year, and he's going to take a hard stand now. While the federal government facilitates human trafficking and, and, and human smuggling, it, it's, it's taken him three years to grow a spine. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand. Well, I, I do kind of understand why the Supreme Court would come down on the side of, of I mean, kind of. They kind of came down on the side of the Biden administration. In just reinforcing like what we already kind of knew, like there, there's been so much outrage about the Supreme Court. Yeah. Oh, how could they do this? How could they do? Well, it's it's because the, the Biden administration and the Department of Justice has made it clear that they will not protect the Supreme Court justices. It's against the law for protests to take place outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. However, it's been happening ever since they rolled back the. Uh, the Roe v. Wade decision, which, which made uh, abortion legal across the country. They've made it clear. The, the Biden administration and the Department of Justice have made it clear that they will not protect the Supreme Court justices if, if they rule in a way that upsets certain groups of people. It's against the law, and they won't enforce the law. And this is why now uh, uh, Mayorkas, the... Secretary of, of the Department of Homeland Security is being impeached 
and it's official. It kicked off this morning. Uh, the uh, impeachment proceedings passed the House committee, and now it's going to go to the full, the full Monty, the full congressional investigation, which which may wow. or may not result in in his impeachment. Even if it does, is he I, a Republican or is he a Democrat? He's a Democrat, Democrat appointee, uh, appointed okay. by by Joe Biden. And why are they trying to impeach him? Because of his border policies, because the so the articles of impeachment, there there's two. One is uh, willfully refusing to enforce the law. And then the other one is, uh, I, I don't know the language, the, the specific language verbatim, but it's basically, you know, acting in, in bad faith a- according to the will of the people, you know, not d- dereliction of duty, more or less. And Do you reckon it, they'll go for it? Do you reckon they'll go for it in Congress? I think Congress will probably impeach him. I don't think that the Senate will remove him. And the, the opinion from political pundits um, has been like, oh, this is a good thing. It's going to shine a light on, on everything that's been going on. You know, all the news cameras are going to show up and it's going to be front page news. And I thought, mm, I, I don't really think so. I, I don't really like the media chooses what it wants to report. This is the same sentiment that I had when people uh, got upset about Donald Trump not speaking out and and telling people, you know, the the things that were going on and the things he's planning on doing. I just thought, well, what, how, I mean, okay, that's fine that this message isn't getting out there, but you focus your frustration on Donald Trump as if he has some say in what the media will and will not report. If, If the media doesn't want the majority of the public to know what Alejandro Mayorkas has been up to or, or not been up to, they won't, they just won't report it. They won't. I mean, you, you could probably get the information from some fringe conservative outlets, but if the mainstream media deems this story unworthy for the public, it won't get out there. It, it will not receive the amplification that these people hope it will receive. So I think it's really just an exercise in futility. What, what I would like to see Congress focus on is the extreme uh, miscarriage of justice going on at the Department of Injustice. Because I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. O- over and over again, man. The- well, you know, sp- speaking of injustice, I just want to touch on what's happening in Europe at the moment with these farmers. Please. Um, the farmers have had enough. <laughs> They've really had enough. Uh, they make our food. They look after a lot of the natural, you know, Greenland in a lot of our countries here in Europe. And they have finally had enough with all these green policies and cheap imports of food. And they are quite literally blockading major ports and major motorways. Well, the world, the world economic forum just met in Davos. And that was one of the, one of the things. Yeah. One of, one of the things that was, uh, you know, hammered home effectively is that agriculture accounts for a third of, you know, carbon emissions or climate change or global warming, whatever you want to call it. They, they said uh, Mm -hmm. 
like 33% of the problem is these farmers. So naturally, we need to regulate these farmers into oblivion. And uh, thank God they have half a spine to get in their tractors and, and roll into town. And what, didn't they just, they just encircled uh, some shit. They just, some uh, township, they, they blockaded the whole thing. Did you, did you hear that? Oh yeah. They, I mean, what, what, at this point, especially in France, I don't really know what they haven't done. Uh, to be fair, they have uh, blocked major motorways with hay bales. They have flooded nice. an entire town with sheep. They have parked outside <laughs> municipal buildings, government buildings, and sprayed uh, fecal matter at the buildings. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have uh, blocked entire cities from moving. They have parked outside major municipal buildings in the EU not just their own countries. And this is something that started in France and has now spread it to Belgium, Germany, Romania, uh, Poland, now into Scotland, France, all these countries, right? Um, and they have basically had enough. I think one of the major tipping points was in France, France decided that they were going to unwind or stop their subsidy on agricultural diesel. So I've got some stats here. Usually with agricultural diesel, you get about, it's hard to calculate because it's for different things. But on average, you get around, let's say, 18 cents to 27 cents per litre off in euros, by the way. Um, and that's quite significant. Let's There's say a similar, the, a similar thing in the, in the States too. Exactly right. And as we all know, energy prices in the last two years have been significant. They've gone up significantly. Um, and I imagine as a farmer, energy is one of the largest expenses. Um, and this on top of the fact that fertilizer has gone up, um, regulations have gone up. The fact that Farmers have to leave 4% of their land to completely do nothing with, so it can kind of naturally grow back. So they're being crushed in many ways. You know, they can't use 4% of their land for making food. They can't, they have to pay full price for their fuel. They have to do all this fucking paperwork. And the fact that, you know, they have to make their food to all these really, really stringent. Uh, standards, you know, food standards as well as environmental standards. So it, it's it, these are these are rules and regulations that kind of work for tech companies. Okay, big fucking pockets, and they can deal with these kind of regulations. But we're talking about farmers, all right? These are not multi. I mean, a couple of them are multinational organizations, but for the most part, these are not large multinational corporations with huge admin teams that can soak up the damage of having to go through all this admin and regulation. And once you add the fact that now they have to pay full price for fuel, I think that just threw them over the edge. But there's, it's already working. So, Oh, so they, the are, already, they are getting results from these protests. Oh, yeah. So Excellent. the French have already rolled back on the subsidy for the diesel so they don't have to pay full price of diesel anymore. Um, the EU, I believe, has rolled back on the 4% fallow rule, which is the thing that we were talking about where you have to have 4% of your land 
to nature or whatever it is. They've rolled back on that. <laughs> it's working. Yes. Um, and now the last, the, the last hurdle for a lot of the farmers is the imports of goods. So the EU wants a free trade agreement with South America. Uh, but one of the major concerns for a lot of the major farming groups is that this food that's coming in, um, they haven't had any guaranteed assurances that the food that's coming in is made to the same exact standards that EU food is. Because you can imagine that if they're able to get cheaper food from South America and it doesn't conform to the same standards that they're making food, mm. then obviously they're going to be completely priced out of the market. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it. You know, they can't physically make the food to different standards otherwise they're not allowed to sell it to anyone um so well, they one, haven't had one thing that i thought was interesting that i learned about farming yeah. and, and ranching in the states yeah. and you'll have to tell me if there are similar uh, uh regulations or, or or whatever in europe or the uk is sure. that uh for like chicken ranchers specifically Okay. They have to operate to the standards of the corporation that does most <clears throat> most of the business with that particular ranch. And if they don't operate to the standards of this mega corporation like Tyson Foods, which everyone should boycott, it's a terrible trash company, then Tyson Foods won't buy their chicken. They will, you know, uh, uh, what's the, what's the name? They'll, they'll excommunicate the ranch from the good graces of Tyson foods because maybe they want to operate in a way that's more humane to the chickens. Oh, I understand. Yes. I believe that that is a, that, that, that is a thing that happens here in Europe. Um, you know, you have your European food standards, but yes, if a particular buyer of food, let's say we have a sort of a cheaper but good quality brand of supermarket here called Aldi, let's say they want to buy steaks, they will only buy steaks that are probably made in country and to a certain standard. And if you can't offer that, they won't buy them. And some, I mean, that's, that's like the, uh, that's like the white pill version of this scenario the the people that still take pride in offering quality products and and providing quality products yeah the, those are the people that are protesting those are the people that are driving their tractors around because they don't want to be forced to provide shit they want to take pride in their work they want to feel good about the products that they're offering while the corporations, the, the mega corporations that are going to be processing these products, they, they want to get it for, for dirt cheap. This is, why the, course, the food, yeah. this is why the food in the United States is so largely unhealthy for everyone that eats it. Because they'll take something like rapeseed oil that was used as lubricant in World mm -hmm. War II and go, mm -hmm. hey, well, we got a shitload of this. Let's put it in the food. Is it healthy? That'll be fine. Nothing to worry about. It'll add a few points to our bottom line. Let's get on with it. And then yeah, I, I agree. And and that I mean, there's a, there's two sides to this story. So you've got the farmers that have been squeezed from 
many angles. But I do believe there are market conditions which the farmers need to address internally and should stop making a tantrum about, okay? A good example is the fact that certain types of wine are just not being consumed in the volumes that they used to be. And the mm. farmers are complaining that they can't make ends meet. Well, that tells me that there's a supply and demand problem. Yeah. You can't go to the government and say, I need more money because people aren't drinking my wine. That's a fundamental issue. And I see a lot of that in the US where, you know, they'll make a farmer will make loads of corn. Corn is basically all subsidized by the government, as, as, as far as I'm aware, because basically you just you guys put fucking corn syrup in basically everything as well as rapeseed oil. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's more of a avenue for government to just pay farmers to exist rather than them to make food that we actually need. And. I do believe we need to have a conversation about that. You know, things like milk, things like cattle, things like chickens, eggs, all these sort of things are very much things that are always going to be needed. Uh, and I would be very surprised if their demand waned in any significant way. But things like wine and things like rapeseed oil and things like corn syrup, these are things that are more like ingredients. Um, they're not necessarily directly consumed. Um, so I do believe that farmers need to realise that the world that we're going into is a little bit different. Let's say Australia makes a really nice wine and, they, and people want to drink that more than French wine. That is a market condition that you just can't get around. And yeah. so farmers have to change they have to change just like any farmers change I'm, I'm assuming you know farmers in egypt made stuff different from us and farmers back in the roman and greek times made stuff different from us as well as the fact that they will have had you know large amounts of cattle and chickens and eggs and all that kind of thing so um but what's happening right now is is obviously extremely damaging for the farming industry outside of market conditions because as we've seen especially in the uk we have seen 18% inflation on food. And if farmers are not making money after having an 18% rise in prices, yeah. of which people have to pay, <laughs> yeah. it's food, we've got to pay for it, then something is inherently and terribly wrong. Um, and I believe that, well, I know that, that that number came down due to energy. Uh, and now that energy is coming down a bit more, and I'm assuming that farmers are wanting to keep that low, which is why they're so pissed off about this subsidy going. Um, and I don't think that they are particularly keen on these new environmental measures on top of the fact that the EU is trying to undercut them by securing free trade agreements with Ukraine, with South America. I know especially in Poland and other Eastern European nations, Ukraine is absolutely killing them i mean literally it is laying waste to so many uh local um providers of goods because ukrainian goods are so cheap primarily because ukrainians are selling them for anything that they can get them for to fund their war effort and you can understand that but the eu has to be careful of blanket importing large amounts of cheap produce that are undercutting their own domestic suppliers. There's limits to this, which are always good, and it's good for the consumer. I understand it. But there are, there are problems with that, which is what if Ukraine suddenly it gets 
a nuclear bomb thrown at it, something yeah. like that. Okay. Or what if you know a huge amount of of their land gets you know set on fire or blown up or captured by the Russians? That is now gone. If your farmers have been put into bankruptcy because of that situation, now you're in a situation where people can't access enough food. You're not guaranteed uh, food for the next year or two years. So it's a very complex situation. In terms of food and farming, in my opinion, I always err on the side of having domestic you know, surplus um, yeah. and supplying stuff to your country, which is, let's just say, not necessarily ideal to grow in your country, like oranges. We can't really grow many oranges in the UK for obvious reasons, um, but we have a really good domestic environment for having sheep and other livestock and other things like potatoes, carrots, all that sort of stuff. So I, I do believe that that has worked in the past and will continue to work. When we start importing stuff like that, I think we run into an issue. It's like, okay, are we doing that just on a cost basis or are we doing this to undercut the farmers that we already have? Um, you know, this goes down to the, to the whole Brexit idea. Um, and I do believe that if Brexit functioned well in that way, to shore up domestic support for our businesses and farmers, then it may have worked better. But we seem to have not changed our position on that, probably because of price concerns. And now we're in a situation where our domestic farmers are getting crushed all across Europe. And there's not really a way out of it unless the EU and the local countries are willing to concede on some of their regulations. Well, it's kind of the basis for all the arguments in favor of subsidies for farmers. And there's massive agricultural subsidies in the United States as well, because we want to have that local surplus, right? As you said, if something happens, we got to have, uh, you know, six months of canned goods so that we can weather the storm. Yeah. That, that's sort of the, the, the general sentiment about these subsidies. And it's kind of funny. I bet the political views of most of those farmers, at least this would be the case in the United States. They want those subsidies. They want those agricultural subsidies for themselves. But if you, but if you get into a conversation with them about welfare or food stamps or other kinds of or subsidies for uh, media companies, for example, this is what th there's. <laughs> I love it. it there. I mean, I don't really love it. I shouldn't say that. I feel I, I don't I don't think anybody should be out of work uh, or, or laid off or deprived of of the ability to feed themselves and their families. But there is a massive collapse of mainstream media happening in the country right now. And they're calling for subsidies for themselves. I don't think the farmers You're joking. Is that true? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I have subsidies it right here. for media? Yep. Yep, they want I That's mean, outrageous. And, and it's like this is what happened in Canada, right? Uh while the mainstream media was backing Trudeau and his fascistic policies and his debanking of the truckers that participated in in the in the trucker Disgusting, convoys. by the way. A hundred percent. He uh, he was cutting deals 
with media companies to provide them uh, billions in federal funding. What the fuck is going on in Canada? Like, I was speaking to my relatives the other day, and they haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. It's they, 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 they're just like it, you know. They're all in for the they, new they, world. They live order. On very small islands, so they they're you know they're kind of insulated from the whole thing. But if you live in Toronto or if you live in Vancouver, I mean, dude, you're in it. You can't escape it. One of my favorite media personalities, David Freiheit, aka Viva Fry. Uh, he just, he's, he's, uh, I think he's on a work visa living in Florida right now because, uh, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle the, the fascist Canadian policies that sort yeah. of rolled out with everyone else's fascist policies in the COVID pandemic. Yeah. It's a real shame too, because their election, I don't believe is until 26. So we got a little while yet before we can see even any early poll results of what that's going to look like. I mean, there's definite sentiment that people have had enough, but there's always that inkling where you don't know if really enough people have had enough. You know, it's tough. It's very tough to see in the media, like what the real, I mean, I, I can only speak for, you know, my family and what, what they do in Canada um, and what they feel, but they live out in the country. So it's difficult. I don't know anyone in Toronto. I don't know anyone in Quebec, you know, Ontario, Calgary. I don't know any like more gentrified people, what their opinion is of it, because that's going to be your majority, right? Um, yeah. In those urban areas. Um, there is a, yeah, it's very, it's very tough. It's very, 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 very tough. What's happening in Canada is a travesty. The fact that their economy is doing poorly is somewhat of uh, a miracle in itself because basically they're like the north american version of saudi arabia they have so much fucking oil wow. and raw materials it's ridiculous um the fact that they can't make money up there is kind of outrageous and that's a testament to how shit trudeau is as yeah. a leader yeah well it's interesting that or, or revealing i should say that the people that you have contact with in Canada have no idea what's going on because it's make really makes a statement about the media itself, the, yeah. the, the news media and what they're reporting and what they aren't reporting. Yeah. I mean, they understand what's going on, but they don't understand how it's happening. Like they don't understand like why Trudeau is doing these things. They understand that the, the safe supply stuff is going on. They understand that the problems around housing and how expensive everything is. And they understand the societal issues that are going on that, that is to be fair, being reported by some media, but they, you know, it's very difficult for me, for you and for them to really understand like what the hell is going on with Trudeau and, and this party it's so difficult to figure out what their real motives are, uh, what they're going to do in 26 when it comes to election year, and what the conservatives are going to do to try and oust Trudeau, because it's really on them. They have got to do their best job ever to try and get rid of that guy. Yeah, they, they really do. It's, uh, it's amazing that these people keep getting reelected, almost, yeah. almost as if they're could be some impropriety with uh, with the election systems that are uh, that are being utilized. Well, it, well, to be fair, Trudeau Trudeau is less popular now 
in the last election that they had than he was when he first sort of came to power um, quite significantly. When, when was I the last election? Had to, oh, God. I, what was it? Two years ago, was it? I mean, that, that would sound, that would make sense from an American standpoint, but I really don't, uh, I really don't know. 2022, if you reelected Justin Trudeau. 20, 2021, sorry. It, well, Canadian federal election. There it is. So, I, I mean, I, I hate to be this rude and blunt, but we, we established this about myself earlier in the show. If you reelected Justin Trudeau after the COVID pandemic, you kind of get what you deserve. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what's going on in the United States, too. It, but but the, the media will not report it. The media will not like none of them, not even even Fox News. Fox News is all about all oh, the border, the border, the border, the border, the border. It's all about the border. We got to close up the border. We got to. What about the Department of Justice running roughshod across everybody's rights? I mean, I'm seriously considering registering for registering Democrat and give, sending a, do, a $20 donation to Act Blue just so that I've got the paperwork. Well, you want to know something interesting about this election? Would be pleased to know. The, the, the Trudeau election? The 2021 one, yeah. Hit me. Okay, so the liberal vote, which was, he's a leader of, 33% of the votes, okay? The conservative vote, 34%. <laughs> no Ooh. sympathy, Canada. I'm sorry. No sympathy. Yes. Yeah, you so, get exactly you know, what you so voted for. What's so interesting is the conservative vote is already bigger than the liberal vote. Um, he managed to secure 157 seats, and the conservatives managed to secure 121 seats. So it's, it's similar to here in the UK. It's the first-past-the-post system. And I do believe that Justin Trudeau had to form alliances with um, another party or two to uh, create a overall majority to form a government. I believe that's how it worked. So actually, the Conservatives are more popular than I thought they were in Canada. So that explains why Trudeau is attacking them so much. He obviously sees them as a serious threat, um, which is great news. The uh, trucker protest, by the way, happened after Trudeau was reelected in 21. No, that makes sense. He would have been emboldened by his recent victory. Yeah. And uh, probably would have just said, you know. Um, oh, snap. Breaking. Oh, what's interesting is that the seat change didn't change for the conservatives or the, the bloc, Quebec, uh, Quebec, Quebec, uh, whatever that French word is. Um, the, the seat change didn't change at all, but they but the liberals gained five, which means that the liberals only gained from the other parties um, and didn't steal any votes from the more right leaning parties, which is really, really interesting. I honestly think he's going to struggle next uh, next election. Yeah, well, I mean, if for no other reason than his his shenanigans with locking people's bank accounts etc yeah and this is all fresh in my mind because uh the the actual that the canadian lawyer via viva fry that i like to listen to was kind of rehashing what happened with uh gofundme and all of the contributions like 10 million dollars worth of contributions wow that's so much that went to support the canadian truckers who were protesting 
GoFundMe then froze all of those assets and said, get this, we're going to donate them to a charity of our choice. (laughs) They didn't end up actually doing that. But the absolute gall that these people had at that time about like, like, where does that come from? Like, where do you honestly get off? Like, how did you think that you were going to get away with that? I mean, the world is so much more different now. It's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, we're definitely winning the culture war. I mean, the, and, and by we, I mean the sane people. I mean, look at Bud, like, like you can look at Bud Light and, and Disney, like Bud Light's profits are still down like over 30% because of, yeah, because of their, I'm no, I mean, no, I'm not joking. (laughs) It's legit. I think it's like 27% or something down still. Wow, that's so much. And and Disney, with all of their woke propaganda content, ha- has lost like a billion dollars. So the proof is there. The same people that just want to be left alone are not spending their money with Disney. They're not buying Bud Light. And they're not reading the news. And that's why I and have... And these are regular people too. I have These this, aren't your... Yeah, exactly. They're the people that don't pay attention. They're the people that reelects right. Justin Trudeau in 21. Right. So yeah. that tells you something. That tells you something that, you know, the fucking media always wants to go on about the fact that, you know, people that don't believe the way that we think are these, you know, crazy, you know, schizophrenic, yeah. deplorable, the walls have eyes, the walls have ears type people. Birds uh, don't and exist. It's not. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they think they're like, oh, you must be an Alex Jones enjoyer kind of person. And it's like, well, no. Um, basically, we're just regular people um, yeah, with that have brains. Had enough of just, yeah, like, regular people are very, are very simple. If they see shit in their real life that's fucked up, they're going to blame whoever's at the helm. Similar in the UK. Everything be fucked up right now. So who are they going to blame? Well, they're not going to blame fucking Keir Starmer, the head of the fucking Labour Party. They're going to blame Rishi Sunak or Boris Johnson or yeah. Liz Truss, whoever was in the. So it's it's very simple, and then they're just gonna they're just gonna vote. And no amount of spin at this point is really going to change that. It, in Canada, uh, a bit more difficult to say that. Um, a bit more difficult because I believe Canadian citizens are a little bit more laid back politically. Um, so. It's well, very it's really tough. interesting. Like, and this this was a thought that entered my my mind earlier this week. Everything, like everyone, has been forced to acknowledge politics since. I mean, who knows? Since Donald Trump got elected, since the COVID yeah. pandemic, maybe yeah. everything didn't used to be so politicized. No, it's been incredibly politicized and incredibly polarized to yeah in terms of media like you gotta like you gotta pick a team you gotta yeah 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 i i I do believe that the 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 middle has stayed the same but both ends have gotten further away and it's there's this interesting development like with the the political landscape especially on this um, this upcoming election we have like the radical left democrat which is Mm -hmm. being being presented as the radical, the Joe Biden is the radical Democrat, and then Donald yeah, they're, Trump. They're, pre, is, they're being proje- they're being portrayed as the rational left. 
Democrat. The radical left Democrat has now become the rational left. It's like the, what do you mean this is, this is not radical left? This is just Yeah, that's what the media normal. says. Yeah, you're, yeah, right, you're right, totally right. They're right. just, no, 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 this is just the normal. You should, you know, you don't love the environment? What do you mean? Well, yeah, like, and, yeah, I fucking, you know, I don't take a shit on my fucking lawn. Okay. Well, and, and the duality of, of this, you know, this, this dynamic is, in, in the conservative media, Joe Biden is the radical Democrat. And in the leftist media, Donald Trump is, is the, the radical Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, nobody, unfortunately, nobody on the Democrat side is being allowed to run against Joe Biden. No, which I think is a massive injustice to the American people as a UK citizen. Okay. I want to say I'm sorry for you guys. <laughs> the two-party system is corrupt as hell. It really is. You guys need a third or something. Well, we, something, we may have it this year because I Nikki hope so. Haley, the, oh, the, yes. she's, she's the established. So she's being sold to the public as the moderate. She's the moderate conservative. Donald Trump is the radical conservative. But then on the right. Democrat side, Joe Biden is the, as you said, he's the, the common sense pick. And people like Robert F. Kennedy, oh, he's the extremist. He, he's the extreme. So we could be looking at, it, at an upcoming 24 election with four candidates. Because that would be so cool. That would be so I cool, agree. I think. I, you know, I always thought that Trump should have made his own party because I don't see him really fitting in with the Republican machine. I mean, we saw what he was doing when he was in power. It, it was obviously the Trump show. <laughs> you know, he just used the Republicans as a vessel to get there. But I, I do believe he should have he should have started his own party, you know, after 2020. Yeah, he should have. There, there's been really weird, like the, the whole thing with... Uh, Ronna McDaniel, she's the the head oh, of, yeah. of the you know the GOP, the Republican National Committee. Donald Trump endorsed her for re-election when it seemed that the base was thoroughly fed up with her leadership. Right. And now it's being reported that she's gonna resign this weekend. However, it, I mean nothing nothing is set in stone. But it just kind of Seems looks very strange, isn't it, it? It's very odd. It makes Donald Trump look bad. Yeah. And Donald Trump endorsed her. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what that's about, but it just makes yeah, me. Yeah, what's the play there? It, it makes me scratch my head. Yeah. <clears throat> then there's, there's so much evidence of that kind of thing. Uh, all yeah, all throughout I mean, I, Trump's administration. I was, I was looking on Reddit the other day, and um, obviously Reddit is a very left-leaning place in yeah, for the most design. part there are some uh right-leaning areas i won't go into where they, they are but uh <laughs> yeah, i was on them. the yeah you can you can find them they're out there but for the most part like on the main pages of reddit it's a sort of left-leaning place and on the news i was on the news because i like to read the news because it has a lot of american stuff on there which is very tough for us to get in the uk because obviously a lot of our media publications focus on the uk and in this Reddit news section, I saw it's been a terrible day for Trump. And mm. there was an article there. 
And I went on the comments and there's loads of I comments. I think I about, saw that one too. Okay, so you know kind of what I'm on about. And there was loads of comments about like, you know, Trump's had a terrible day, this is finance. Oh, he's not really a billionaire and all this, this, that, and the other. <laughs> and I read the article and then uh, the article was something about the judge in some case uncovering his tax fraud or some some it was some something about a court monitor this and the other and i read the whole thing and then afterwards i thought well how does this affect trump in any way like i can't imagine his base or anyone really looking at this going right i'm not voting for him i don't know it just didn't really it didn't really affect me at all but the people in the comments were claiming like this was some kind of like you know ve day world war ii they'd fucking won the battle uh (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was re- it was really quite odd. Well, it's the like, it's the polarity of of the the reporting, right? Like, yeah, it is. the 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 mainstream media exposed itself in in I mean, probably going back to 2012. Exposed itself to be biased to the left, so this starts the public on this on this journey. Oh well you know, you have to kind of take anything that CNN or MSNBC says with a grain of salt because they have a liberal slant to everything that they report. And then there's the, this series of events that leads us to this place we are now where a conservative won't believe anything that they hear on CNN or MSNBC. And a liberal won't believe anything they hear on Fox News or The Daily Wire, which is like yeah. the only close competitor in, in conservative media that comes, you know, to in comparison to CNN or uh, MSNBC. Yeah, e- even the term conservative media or liberal media, I think, brings quite a lot of sadness to me, to be honest, because the whole point of media is for it to be impartial and to offer information to its viewers for them to make up their own mind. Uh, And the fact that media can now be conservative or liberal or whatever the fuck is a massive injustice. It's all driven, in my opinion, it's all driven by the corporations. Yeah, The corporations that benefit from conservative policies operate conservative news outlets. And the corporations that benefit from liberal policies, big tech, for example, they own the, I mean, not only did they until recently own all, all the social media, but they own most of the mainstream media as well. Like Fox news is really the only mainstream conservative outlet. Everything else is slanted to the left. And, And I've noticed it's interesting. Even these outlets that were conservative, or moderate have taken a sharp left turn. I'm, I can only assume because more. Well, it's what gets clicks, isn't it? You know, definitely. If, if you're stepping into a world where you're making money off the outrage of people, um, then to be moderate or quote unquote boring, no one's going to watch that shit. You know, I, I tried to watch Fox News and CNN. Uh, during the last election run and i hated both of them i thought fox news was absolutely unwatchable i thought cnn was absolutely unwatchable um it's just far too 
yeah, it's just far too in your face, far too corporate, and it makes you angry. Yeah, they frame shit like you should be fucking angry about this, and they do it so that you get angry and keep coming back to watch. What's changed? What should I be angry about next? You know, who yeah, yeah. who should I you know who Please should I call? <laughs> You know, who should I, who should I, you know, buy my fucking AR-15 for and, 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 and get really angry at? Um, whereas at least, you know, the BBC has its faults for sure. Some things are obviously left-leaning um, and it's kind of difficult for a government organization like the BBC to be a little bit on the right. I do understand that because the, the point of the BBC is to be as inclusive as possible. So they tread an incredibly thin line and I don't really know how they do it. <laughs> but at least their reporting is very muted, very monotone and very to the point. This is what's happening here. This is what's happened there. And yes, they do do opinion polls and I definitely disagree with a lot of their opinion pieces and programs and stuff like that. That's fine. But their reporting is very much... Um, Almost, almost a royal aspect to it, where it's less corporate There's no adverts. There's no nothing. They're just there to tell you the news, and then you get on with your day. And that, for me, is is really nice. And there's some like that, but I think America d could do with going towards. I wouldn't say that model, but fucking hell, guys, you <laughs> you guys have got a serious problem with your media. And despite the fact that it's either leaning left or right. It's far too corporatized, as you allude to. Yes, uh, 100%. But speaking of the BBC, we have breaking news. What, oh. what, what time is it there? It's 20 past three. Okay, so, so from, from, from two o'clock, your time. Uh, yeah. Out of Hezbollah, Iran backed group suspends attacks against US after drone strike. So you must have heard that there was uh, three American soldiers killed and another 34 wounded by a drone att attack on a small military uh, base in, in Jordan, a United States military base. Yes, I'm aware of this, yes. In Jordan. So the response from the United States and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, is that we're, we're going to retaliate our retaliation will be measured and, and incremental and sustained. And everyone, of course, thought, here we go, World War III. I mean, I still think World War III is on, just for the record. I think it's, I think it's happening. I think we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. And then Biden said, uh, we're definitely going to respond. We're going to investigate, find out what happened. And then the story became, oh, so, and this total, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out as, as my opinion on this story is that it's total bullshit. But the story that they gave was one of our drones was coming back to base at the same time this uh, Hezbollah drone was coming to attack. And we thought that that was our drone and not the Hezbollah drone. Are, are you kidding me? Like, like what, what? Kind of, what kind of idiot would believe that, oh, we thought the Hezbollah drone was our drone that was coming back? What, you were you just looking at it through your binoculars? 
are you are you shitting me? Like you didn't have the thing on radar, like you couldn't see the the unique signal that this drone was was broadcasting to show you that it was your own. Uh give me a fucking break. Dude. So I mm. I'm I'm looking at this story going, "Oh, they're just I mean, this is on brand for the Biden administration. They're fucking pathetic. They're weak, yeah. they're feckless." And they're just going to let American soldiers get killed in the Middle East and not do anything to retaliate because, uh, well, who knows? Iran is filling their yeah. pockets or I mean, this, this really speaks to the fact that both the UK and the US want to start antagonizing um, the Middle East and, you know, showing their muscles. Fair enough. But this kind of issue that they've had now where they thought that one drone was another drone, et cetera, shows how unprepared or at least in the military, how relaxed they seem to be about the situation. I think, and that's, this is what I was saying about the last show. They see Iran as a soft target compared to something like, you know, China or Russia or, you know, anything like that. Well, this makes me, I think they're far too relaxed about this. It makes me think it's all, it's all theater. Because there's the attack, yeah. a few soldiers die, then uh, the United States says, oh, we're gonna, you're going to pay for that. And now this story yeah, from the BBC. An Iran-backed Iraqi militia, suspected of a drone strike in Jordan that killed three U.S. soldiers, says it has suspended operations against U.S. Force, uh, US forces. Kateb Hezbollah, which is part of an umbrella group that claimed Sunday's attack, said this was, quote, to prevent embarrassment of the Iraqi government. The U.S. Defense Department said actions speak louder than words. U.S. President Joe Biden, meanwhile, said he had decided how to respond to the attack, but did not elaborate. Iran warned it would retaliate against any attack on its interests. And this is why the immigration situation is so dire. Like, if you don't yeah. think that there are, I mean, there was, there was a video last week of a guy being interviewed on the border saying like really arrogant shit like you don't know who i am oh well you'll know who i am you'll know who i am very soon and then it was later revealed that he was the leader of of uh a hezbollah group out of um yemen or something like that who's there at the border ready to cross into the country what's he doing looking for a job are you shitting me yeah this, this is why i mean and and this immediately jumps to mind when I see that the United States is going to back down and Hezbollah has backed down because Iran tells the United States our terror cells are active in your country right now. And if you try to fuck with us, we're going to blow up buildings in your major cities and kill a bunch of civilians. Yeah. I think that's why we've got to be so careful, you know. Yeah, and, um, and the UK they, too. They, they've, got, they've got nothing to lose. Like, what have they got to lose? You know, we could bomb the shit out of Iran, sure, and accomplish what exactly? Well, and this is that why Iran is bombed. Great. Like, the battles of World War II are going to be fought in the Middle East. Middle Easterners, are you cool with this? Like, th this is what we're gearing up for. Yeah. China absolutely. moves its ships into the Red Sea. The U.S. already has ships in the Red Sea and in, in shipping lanes. The U.K. is talking about moving their, their carriers yeah. into the Red Sea as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how appropriate for the white privileged elites to wage their third world war 
in the neighborhoods of struggling Middle Easterners. Now, on the other hand, we can assume that the populations of these countries are at least in majority support of their government. But that doesn't mean that they deserve to die. I mean, what you, you think uh, the governments I know, of Iraq I know and it. Iran aren't lying to their citizens, just like the governments of the United States are lying oh, to wow. their citizens? Well, I have firsthand knowledge. Um, I have fr friends that are Iranian. Um, and I can tell you right now that there are so many Iranians that are trying to escape that country. Well, and what uh, happens and when the bombs the last start 10 falling years. in the Middle East? What, what's that going to do for, yeah. for immigration when, when oh, all it'll of be, these it'll, it'll people be, are fleeing It'll be country. another Syria. Yeah. It'll be another Syria. It'll be another Libya. We'll fucking... Yeah, exactly, right? We're going to drop a shitload of stuff on Iran, of which we have no invested interest in doing. Is Iran even a, a, a slight trading partner? No, they're on fucking trading sanctions. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to drop a whole bunch of shit on there. Then we're going to inherit all their fucking people, uh, just like just like Europe did with with Syria, just like we did with Libya, just like we do, just like we're doing with Yemen as well, and you know, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. We'll just it, bomb some place like, into like the fucking Middle Ages. It, it's like the and then global, inherit all their people. The, the, it's like the global establishment. Yeah, you know the, the 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 global elite that want the new world order. Yeah, they're they're looking at this situation, going, "This is this is." Excellent. I mean, they're, they're already trying to facilitate the collapse of the Western world, in my opinion. Yeah. They're, they're about to launch World War III, which, which I, I heard a political personality say they're, they're going to start the war before the election because A, wartime presidents traditionally get reelected, and B, if they try to wait until after the election and Donald Trump wins, they don't get their war. So they're going to kick the war off in, in the Middle East, they're going to lay waste to millions of Middle Eastern people. It won't, mm -hmm. won't affect them at all because, as you say, there, there's no major trade agree agreements. Yep. It'll probably benefit them in, in terms of, of the price of oil and access to oil. Right. And then the aftermath will be more refugees, more immigration. And the collapse of the Western world, which is the, the ultimate goal. How could it go any other way? I mean, you're, you're, you're totally right. Um, they are setting us up for a situation just like we, we did with Iraq, just like we did with Afghanistan, where we're going to massively overreact to a situation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're so right. And that, that occurred to me yesterday, as a matter yeah. of fact. I was thinking, okay, the, the, the conflict is in Gaza right. between Israel and Hamas. Right. So naturally, the response from the West is, attack Iran. <laughs> right. Which is just what I mean, it was look, with Afghanistan we should protect and Iraq. Our, we should, yeah, we should protect our assets in the Red Sea, we should protect our friends that are trading. We have a lot of ships going through there that can't go through there. They have to go the long way around, or the insurance on it is super high. And we should protect that because Agreed. it's significant to our economy. But 
we have shown to have protected those assets currently. Um, and until that has been shown to fail, I don't understand why we have to take it a step further all the time. So no ship since we've been there has been boarded or destroyed. It's been shot at, but we've intercepted all of them. So it's like, okay, I understand they're shooting and we have shot back at them, rightfully so, in, in, to some people. And now they're starting to ramp up this, this, this like, well, ooh, they're shooting a bit more. Maybe we should do a full-on invasion. Maybe we should just bomb the shit out of the whole place. It's like, that is, that is, not, that is not a solution, okay? It's not. Because the longer we prolong this, the worse it is for them. We're still making money. Our ships are stuck in their, in their sea. And they're just sitting there seething and seething and seething. They can't do nothing. And we don't give them the time of day to make this some kind of jihad for them. That they can then go, well, you know, cause, because the people on the ground, in Afghanistan it was different. We would go into a village and fucking blow the whole place up. And so everyone in their family would be like, right, fuck the West. Yeah. I'm joining up. I'm going to wear I'm going to wear a bomb vest. In Iran, it's not like that right now. We have bombed a couple of, you know, missile sites for the Houthis. That's it. Okay. We haven't like gone and bombed a fucking building or like leveled a hospital. That is how you create fucking terrorist cells yeah. because, you know, they don't see the situation in which that's, a, that's occurred. They only see American A-10, you know, Thunderbolts come over and drop the fucking JDAM on their house. They only see that bit. <laughs> and, then the, so, and then the response is, oh, we killed a bunch of civilians? Whoops. Sorry, we'll try to yeah, do it's better like, next oh, time. Oh, yeah. Well, our, in our intelligence said it was like a target or something. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So I, I do think we have to be really, really careful um, moving forward. And I hope that the UK and the US don't get dragged into another overextended, overexpensive Middle Eastern war. Well, it's interesting because Joe Biden is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. If he doesn't escalate, yeah. then he's a weak, ineffectual president. And right. if he does escalate, then he's a war hawk bastard. And I think that's part of the reason why this escalation is happening, or, or maybe escalation is the wrong word, but this is why Iran and Russia feel confident in their abilities to accomplish their military goals. They know that Biden is between a rock and a hard place. They probably also have blackmail material on him. And yeah. I mean, not, not to mention the real world consequences via terrorist attacks, et cetera, that could take place as a result of Biden's involvement in anything that's going on over there. So it's, I mean, I, I don't even, it's not even Biden. Because Biden is, I mean, getting back to kind of the, the, the Mayorkas discussion quickly before we wrap. Yeah, sure. If the House impeaches Biden, nothing changes. Because Kamala Harris will just take up the mantle 
and continue with the same policies. And, and that's kind of like what this, what, what the upcoming elections are about and, and why I have so little faith in them. Because the establishment want what's, wants what the establishment wants. And the, the corporate interests and the foreign interests that are pulling these strings, they have nothing to fear from American laws. They're, they're the gatekeepers. They're, they're holding the money bag. Nothing's going to happen to them. And certainly nobody's going to intervene on our behalf. So what is, like, like what's the answer? I mean, the, the answer, and, and this is what, where the cultural narrative is going, in my opinion. And this is why I have to stress, we cannot go crazy. Mm-hmm. We, can't, we can't get violent. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't load our truck up with our AR-15 collection and go change the world. Because that is exactly the excuse that the regime needs to cancel the election outright. Oh, we're, we're, in, in, we're in civil war. And, and that may happen anyway. Yeah. You want the silent majority uh, feeling. That's what you want. Yeah, well, we need, God, we, we need to have a free and fair election. Yeah. That's, that's the way it's got to be. And, and, and everyone has to go vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard for them to manipulate if you guys are just like, you know, you keep to yourself, keep your opinions to yourself, you don't get influenced by random shit. It's so hard for them to manipulate that. It's got to be, I mean, even, even if there is impropriety in the election, even if there is uh, uh, legal action taken, which there will be from both sides, there's crazy uh, wargaming happening in political circles mm-hmm. with massive teams of Democrat lawyers who want to see uh, the election contested. If Donald Trump wins, they had plans to, con- to contest the election in 2020 if Donald Trump were to, to win legitimately. So I don't know, man. I hate to end the show on, on a black pill. But it's, it's looking grim. It is. It's just one of those things where we're all just going to have to sit and watch and see what happens. Well, and whether we think it's effective or not, not going out to vote is not an option. You, I agree. You, you I have agree. to cast your ballot because there will be legal challenges. And if the votes aren't there, yeah. then... All, all hope is gone. There are a lot more people like Alistair Campbell that are calling for mandatory voting. I don't know where you sit on that. Just quickly. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think not only should... I don't know that, that voting should be mandatory. hmm But I think... Uh, gosh, I almost come down on the opposite side. I think... Uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of, of what uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was proposing during his campaign. You should have to pass a civics test. You should have to 
The, the problem with mandatory voting goes back to the mainstream media, right? If the corporate media is... You should have to pass a CAPTCHA, like on a fucking website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you only get one <laughs> chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, name all the buses in this photo. Yeah, select all of the bikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Every yeah. picture that has a bicycle. And if you blow it up, oh, sorry. <laughs> You're, you're, bla- you're brainless and, and you don't get to vote. <laughs> because if you're, if you're running around believing everything that you hear on mainstream media, your head is full of lies. Is what, what's the cliche? If you, if, you don't, uh, if you don't read the news, then you're, uh, you're not informed. You're uninformed. And if you do read the no, do read the news, then you're misinformed. Yeah, and you only know what you know, right? So if all you know is stuff from mainstream media, then h- how are you able to say otherwise? Yeah, you have to take a little bit of initiative and and educate right. yourself and and understand right. that every bit of information you have or or you receive has some level of bias to it. Yeah, you should ex you know, execute a little bit of critical thinking and take stuff not on face value, even this podcast, although we hope you agree with our opinions, but take everything with a, with a grain of salt and make your own decision. Yeah. Apply some common sense and visit box yes. 404com where you will find the links to all of our podcasts. Please subscribe on any and all platforms and share, share, share the show. Uh, follow me on X at Earthbox. Follow my co-host at 404missing underscore link. And send your emails to therealearthbox at protonmail.com. I hope you weren't too black people by this episode, but I had actually a lot of fun. Um, I really encourage you to go and check out what's happening uh, in the EU in terms of the farmers, because there's some really good footage of um, farmers spraying shit on the side of a French a municipal building. Can confirm. Uh, so if you, yeah, if you do that as homework, I think you'll be very, very pleased uh, as as a as a sort of like libertarian. Ah, it makes me want to cry, but. Uh, After that, go check out the last episode because it was really great and we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. Talk to you soon.